then. Children of the night, what music they make. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Excellent day for an exorcism. Oh, Kill you all! You don't know what death is. We belong dead. Here's Johnny. <laughs> I shot him six times. On to your butt. Bring for your life. <laughs> Into a new world of parts and monsters. and Monsters presents a show you won't believe. Come join us now, won't you? Don't you dare leave. Step right up and welcome to Derry. Come right in. I promise it's not very scary. We have fun. We have laughter. It's the best show in town. Come feast your eyes on Pennywise, the one and only... Dancing Clown. Hello. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Robert, and with me is... Anthea, you are bringing an energy that I am not going to meet. <laughs> Welcome to Pods and Monsters. And today, if you couldn't tell, we are going to be talking about that classic Stephen King film from 2017, mind you. Such a classic. (laughs) (laughs) And that is it. I saw something. A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. That's it. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to be talking about the 2017 version of It today. When this episode releases, it will be the same week that the sequel comes out, It Chapter 2. Yes. It comes out like September 6th. Yeah, we decided to do an episode on the first It film. We are not doing the 1990 version, which was a TV movie, a four-hour long TV movie. I guess mm-hmm. it, maybe it was a miniseries, I guess. It was a it. miniseries, yeah. It was, sev- it was several nights or two nights, I guess, probably. Yeah, two nights. Now, you're very familiar with It, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I own it. I really enjoy it. I've watched it several times. I decided to listen to the book. Uh It's narrated by Steven Weber. It's a very interesting book. And I'm not very familiar with Stephen King's writings. Yeah. I'm really excited, though, for this It Chapter (laughs) 2. I'm excited for it, too. That'll be great. I really enjoyed the 2017 version of It. Yeah, it's very good. So why don't we talk about it? Yeah. Take us through the picture. This movie opens up, We, since we're a step-by-step podcast here. Step-by-step, day-by-day. Step-by-step, day-by-day. Oh, you know what? I really thought you were going to do a new Kids on the Block, because they did the song Step-by-Step. Ooh, baby. <laughs> I don't know that song. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was doing the step-by-step theme from the TV show. I know. So... 
it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We open with the WB logo, and we all know by now, I'm a fan of whenever logos do something on logo-ish or they fit into the movie (laughs) rather it does have like a beautiful saturated tone to it and it's like in these grays and blues and then the the gold of the wb is like this sepia i don't know it's beautiful though and i just it really just adds to the the awesome palette of this movie yeah the logo's all rainy you hear the rain you hear a child singing and it cuts to the New Line logo and then a balloon that floats up from there. Yeah, a red balloon. Yes. So now we have some this melodic music that's being played like on a piano going over the opening credits. It's a close-up of building this paper boat. And we meet Bill Denver. Denver? I'm not sure their last names. Bill. We'll call him Bill. All right. We meet Bill. I'm, I'm horrible with pronunciations anyway. It's pronounced Bill. (laughs) All right, sir. Um, (laughs) So we meet Bill, who is uh, very sick at the moment, and he's too sick to join his little brother, Georgie. So he is building him this little boat because his brother's going to go outside and sail this boat in the rain gutter. (laughs) <laughs> in right? the gutter. In the gutter. Being a kid playing in the gutter in a, in a rainstorm is one of the most fun things you can do. Is it? At my house growing up, we had some nice potholes in our gutters. Mm-hmm. And it made nice little puddles. And I used to love looking in those puddles when the water would be there. And it was so rare that it would rain here that it made it extra special. Oh. I don't think I played with gutters. I did. <laughs> So yeah, so Bill's building this little boat for his brother and needs to seal it with wax. So he sends his brother to the basement cellar to go get the wax for him. And he names this boat as his brother's leaving the SS Georgie, which is so sweet. The SS Georgie. Georgie runs down the stairs and as he's running through the house, you see his mom is the source of this music that we're hearing. And I will tell you, the music for this movie is so good it's sets such a beautiful mood and it just it's so good it's just so well done when it when the action i guess the suspense picks up it's very appropriate when it's like uh foreboding it's very appropriate when it's you know it's just it's good this music is so good so his mom playing the piano Mm -hmm. this is the only time we see the mom in the entire movie it is and then we only see his dad one other time Right. The lack of the parental figures of Bill and I guess Georgie for the beginning really makes it appear that these kids are on their own and that they don't have anyone to run to and they have to fight their own battles. And it also makes it appear that I know this happens more so in the 1990 version and probably the book, but that Pennywise is sort of controlling the parents or masking what they see so they don't realize there isn't a problem yeah yeah i would totally agree with that it's very apparent because there aren't a lot of adults in this movie and when there are adults they're real weird yeah and borderline horrible people and there are some that are definitely horrible people yeah so we follow georgie through the house and we get this really awesome ominous view of the basement door and i think that this really plays into building up the suspense as a child For me, there were certain areas of the house 
that were scarier than others. Yeah. And I think that the basement is always one of those things. I mean, I didn't grow up with a basement. I live in California. There's no basements really in California. But you understand that fear of the basement, which is the unknown, which is dark, which holds the leftovers, which holds... It's just a scary thing. <laughs> yeah. So I love the look that Georgie has on his face where he just does not want to go into this basement. And the ominous angle looking up at this basement. Yeah. So here we get our first jump scare of the movie. And it's through the walkie talkies that the boys use to communicate with each other. And Bill is telling Georgie to hurry up. So Georgie goes down into the basement and typical kid fashion sees things in the shadows. Uh-huh. And he tries to, I believe, turn on the light so he can run down there. But the light is not working, which is something that even as an adult, I will do. If I watch a very scary movie, I have to turn on the lights from room to room. Oh, me too, of course. (laughs) So he's looking around and he sees shadows and he thinks that he sees the reflection of two eyes staring back at him. So he holds up the flashlight and there's nothing there. So he thinks. So he grabs the wax and he runs out of the basement. Now this scene, what does it remind you of? Oh, it reminds me of the movie It. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of Home Alone. When he goes down into the basement and oh, that big furnace comes to life. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, that's uh-huh. what this scene reminds me of. Oh, yeah. But this is like way more terrifying. <laughs> so throughout the movie, there are hidden things to look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly things where Pennywise or something demonic is seen in the background. And I believe in this scene, there are two other red eyes that you could see that aren't the ones that Georgie sees. Really? That are kind of watching him. That's upsetting. <laughs> Two little red dots. Okay. So Bill finishes up the boat and... Oh, by the way, this takes place in October of 1988. This is correct. Which is interesting because the book and the 1990 movie, the children's story takes place in the 1950s, which would have been Stephen King's childhood. Mm-hmm. So now the children's story is taking place in 1988 which would have been right around the time that the adults had their story in the original version yes but since it's 1988 we have some movie posters mm-hmm. on the wall yes uh, in, in bill's room uh-huh which we have uh, gremlins and beetlejuice uh-huh some terrific pictures <laughs> i like that it's updated to the 80s yeah. you know because the 80s is so nostalgic for people our age now mm-hmm. where the 1950s even though i think it would have it, it's always neat to see the 1950s but it's more relatable to people today to see the 1980s and the 80s is so big like uh, stranger things mm-hmm. and uh you know american horror story coming up this season is going to be in the 80s and yeah it's a good decision so bill finishes up this boat and gives it to Georgie. And so Georgie gets ready and puts on his galoshes and his little yellow raincoat and he goes outside. As he's leaving, Bill tells him to be careful. And we hear some very playful music at this point. And here we have a really great like point of view where we're following this boat. There's several times in this movie where there's really great points of view that are a little bit different than what we're used to or a lot more playful. And this is one of the first ones where... Uh, We're just following Georgie as he's going under those like blockades and he's going around Uh around construction stuff. Yeah. 
and you're following him and he suddenly hits his head, which causes him to fall behind from following this boat. So the boat turns onto Jackson Street and it goes down a drain. And in this drain, as Georgie is freaking out and follows it. I always like the way he says no. No! (laughs) It is a very, very, he's just so heartbroken and he just is 100% convinced that his brother is going to kill him because this paper boat went down the drain. And in this drain are a pair of eyes. And, And they're in this gutter. And uh, there's a clown holding this boat, which already is a huge red flag. (laughs) Poor Georgie, man. The clown starts talking to him and asks some questions of Georgie to see if he has some friends with him or anything like that. And Georgie reveals that Bill is his best friend, his brother Bill, but he's not with him. And so this is our introduction to Pennywise. Georgie makes a comment about not being able to talk to strangers, not being able to take things from strangers. Mm -hmm. And so Pennywise introduces himself. And he is at this point trying to gain the confidence of Georgie. But at the same time, he's freaking out Georgie. Well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Notice later in the scene, his eye color will change. Yes. Uh, So right now he has deep blue eyes to be very sympathetic, very... Mm -hmm. Friendly and uh, approachable for a clown, I guess. Yeah, and Um, even the angle which he's holding his head, he has very soft features. mm -hmm. He looks almost like a doll. He's got these little cheekies. Well, he wore... Very cheruby looking. Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, he wore prosthetics to round out his face to... uh, Make him more childlike. Okay. I mean, as the movie goes on, he looks less and less. But I think that this is the most innocent that he looks in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I suppose the most approachable he would look in the whole movie. Yeah. So they're introducing each other. At the same time, originally when I saw this, I thought that this woman and this cat were across the street. But they're not across the street. They're on the same side as the gutter. Yeah. So they just see this little boy reaching into the gutter, mm-hmm. but they, but she's not seeing Pennywise. Right. She's coming outside with her cat, with her little round cat. And so Pennywise is asking some questions of Georgie and trying to gain his confidence. And he asks him if he can smell the circus. And he's, again getting Georgie to trust him. Something seems off, though. And I believe at this point, his eyes kind of change color and his demeanor changes. Well, Definitely there, his demeanor. Well, there's this one point where they're talking and laughing, you know, and then he just stops and just stares blankly. And he's kind of drooling a little bit. Yeah. And that part is just so scary when his demeanor does change and it's just silent, like his his hunger's coming out of him and the whole drooling thing apparently bill skarsgård when he wore those false teeth the big two front teeth that caused him to drool a lot and the director really liked the drool and wanted to keep it in (laughs) so he's like just let it flow (laughs) (laughs) so in a last ditch effort pennywise resorts to a scare tactic basically with georgie and repeats to him that bill is going to kill him for not retrieving the boat who's gonna kill you which is funny because his real name is bill and bill does kill him oh look at that 
<laughs> From here, he ends up doing that whole like take it thing and the way that he says it and just the little like you can almost hear the period at the end of that sentence. <laughs> here goes the little Georgie. He reaches in and Pennywise grabs hold of him and then chomps his little arm off. And it is horrible. Yeah. And I love the shot right after the bite where Georgie is outside the gutter and you could see sort of in the background his severed arm being pulled into the gutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get that really great shot from up above where he's crawling away. He's screaming for help and Pennywise's arm reaches out and then it extends almost comically. Mm-hmm out to grab him and to pull him back in yeah and the woman hears but it's already too late there's just blood in the street at this point from here we get the title for it and it is in a sewer and you hear kids singing um and it kind of flips upside down it does like a weird turn travel through the tunnel yeah so it is june 1989 now and we meet mike mike is working at a slaughterhouse with his grandfather i believe the old slaughterhouse and at this point i don't know if they only have sheep but they have sheep and um he can't bring himself to kill any of the sheep here and his grandfather from here ends up chastising him and tells him that he can either be a person of action or he can be a sheep he needs to make a decision and he needs to do it because one day if he doesn't He's going to realize that someone else has made all his decisions for him. And it's just like, you need to grow up. This is what we do. Just do it. And Mike doesn't have it in him to take this animal's life. And he doesn't want it, at least not at this point. Then we have a really great introduction to the school where the boys are leaving on the last day of school. Everyone is very joyous. They're walking through this very rowdy and congested school talking about Stan's bar mitzvah. Yeah, and I like how if you just look at the background, you see a bulleted board and it's filled. Every single inch of the board is filled with missing children posters. Yes. We end up meeting two bullies during this time. We meet a group of boy bullies. And then we also meet a group of girl bullies, but mainly head up by this girl, Greta. And we are following her into the girl's room. And here she is just yelling at some girl in the stall. And she's calling her trash and a whole bunch of derogatory terms, telling her that she sleeps around and whatnot. And the girl inside, we find out later on, is Bev, Beverly Marsh. Hello, Beverly. She's sitting in there smoking a cigarette and um, these girls throw a bunch of trash water on her. So you can tell that she's been bullied by these girls. And from the little bit of exposition that we get from Greta, we find out that everyone in the school thinks that Beverly is sleeping around. We do get more confirmation about that, that it's not just the school, but also adults think that this girl is bad news. But she's only like 12. Yeah. It's bonkers to me how mean everyone is to her. I know. But this bathroom scene, the last thing that the bully says to her is that she's pathetic. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a reference to Scream? You are pathetic. I don't think so at all. I think it is. I don't think so. If only they said homicide. If they did say homicide, then yeah, I'd probably say yes there. And then there's like someone's talking about Ricky Lake, but I think it's too early for Ricky Lake. (laughs) Anywho. So the boys are outside of school now dumping out all of their contents 
into the trash can which for me personally is very horrifying because what if they want to keep something like <laughs> i guess they don't want to keep anything they also comment that betty ripson's mother is hanging out outside hoping that her daughter will show up turns out betty ripson is the latest kid to go missing yeah here we get their very up close and personal encounter with the bullies which is somewhat interrupted by a police officer um, who very much is imposing. Well, the police officer is the main bully's father. I know, but we don't know this at this time. No. We do not know this at this time. So the main bully, though, whose name is Henry. Henry Ballas. After Bill stands up to him, he tells Bill that he had a free ride this past year because his little brother went missing. But now that's over. Uh And he's going to get him because for some reason... This kid needs to be a horrible human being. And I will say that this, these kids are borderline comically overdone as bullies. I don't think so. I think, but I think they're accurate. I think, yeah, I think they're very accurate. You think so? I think so. I mean, I don't, uh, except for the violence part of it, where most bullies wouldn't do real physical harm the way that he does. But I don't know. I found them to be very real. Mm-hmm. The way that they treat kids. I mean, it makes sense to the story and how everyone in this town leans more towards the shittier side of being a human. And that I think is one of the reasons Pennywise is here is because you're afraid of something or someone in this town. You're either the person that's making someone afraid or you are the person that is afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. So from here, we end up meeting another boy who is holding a model of some architecture in the town i'm not too sure what it is and he's trying to get all of this onto his bike and he gets bumped into by a beverly our bathroom gal hello beverly um he's listening to headphones and in his headphones he has that great boy band new kids on the block This is where we have a little meet cute between Ben and Beverly. And Ben is also the new kid. So it's appropriate that he's listening to New Kids on the Block. And Bev makes a whole comment about it. And they're very adorably like flirting with each other. And she goes ahead and um, signs his yearbook. And she's the only person to sign his yearbook. I felt so sad when she opened it up and he didn't have one autograph. And reminded me of my time in school. No, 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 no. Don't make me sad. No. (laughs) (laughs) I would have signed your yearbook. I would put K-I-T. But Beverly's so sweet and she doesn't make a big deal about it. She notices it, takes it in, but then just, you know, signs his yearbook. Oh, and I really do love their little new kids on the block exchanges back and forth. Please don't go, girl. So Bill is now home and we meet his super aggressive but grieving father. And he has created this giant model of the sewer system and has hypothesized that Georgie could have been washed into the barrens and that he could still be alive. It's many, many months later, but he's holding out hope that his brother actually just made it through the sewers and made it into the barrens, which is like this overflow river creek thing that no one really goes to. And all of the the sewers drain into it. So his father's very upset that he's done this and tells him that he needs to give up and he needs to stop, that his brother is gone. 
and his dad just doesn't want to hear anything of it. He's very unsympathetic to his brother, but he's also grieving, so I'm kind of giving him a pass here, but he's super aggressive at the same time. So here we see Mike biking through town, and we get this, like, really great bird's eye view of the entire town. It's a very small town that is surrounded by a lot of forest. This is Derry. Derry, Maine, I believe. Yes. yes. Mike is hiding from the bullies here. He spots them as he's making a delivery. And so he hides down an alleyway. Oh, we do get a really good shot of the movie theater. That's right. And the movie theater is playing Batman and Lethal Weapon 2. So he's in this back alley. And as he approaches the, the door where he's making his delivery, some hands are trying to escape. All of these hands are horribly burnt up. And I believe one or two voices say his name, but they're also asking for help. Yeah. And it's very obvious that on the other side of the store, there's just a fire raging. And then the door opens and there is like a bleeding of a sheep you hear. Then there's like a hanging body at the end, other end of the room. But then there's well, like a room that leads to like a meat locker that's you can't, you covered can't, by sheets. Yeah, you can't really make out what you're looking at because those plastic sheets are so thick. It's just sort of a blur. And it almost looks like it's Pennywise holding on to a pig, maybe eating the pig or something. I don't know. Was it not a sheep? Or sheep, I mean. Yeah, I always have a hard time with that part. And then it's very obviously Pennywise who's kind of hanging there and swings around. Mm -hmm. And then he looks at Mike, his eyes glow, and I believe he waves at him. Yeah, this is the scariest scene of the movie, I think. He just slowly looks up with those glowing eyes and it's a slow wave. And all of the sound gets cut, pure silence, until the silence is broken by the rev of an engine. Yes, and it is Henry Bowers and his piece of shit crew. Henry pretty much tells him to get out of his town and throws his cigarette at him. So from here, we cut to Stan, Stanley, who is at Temple. (laughs) He's reading the Torah. He's reading as he's rehearsing for his bar mitzvah. And his father is there, and his father, I believe, is the rabbi. And he's very upset that he has not been practicing as he should be. So he sends him off to his office to go put the Torah back. And as Stanley is walking in, again, I love these things because I'm like, I've done that before where you don't want to look at something. And there's a painting on this wall that as soon as he walks into this office, he is shielding his face from it. This is also the scariest scene of the movie (laughs) these two scenes this painting i love this painting it's so scary but it is such a realistic painting as to one you would see from the 60s or 70s that maybe your grandparents had or something Mm -hmm. and it's just so brilliant what they do with it and this is a scene i believe that wasn't in the book or the earlier movie i believe it's not it's really one of the highlights of the movie for me it's so good so he walks into this room And he's avoiding it. But then inevitably he looks over and you get this wonderful point of view of the painting looking at him and everything's askew. Turns out the painting is. So he goes to fix the painting. And so he fixes the camera's point of view, which I love so much. And so he walks to the end of the room. And of course, he hears a little clatter behind him. And it's the painting on the ground face down. So he picks up the painting 
and the woman's not there. Yeah, he hangs it back on the wall, takes a step back, and she's gone. She has, It's a woman holding a flute. Yeah. And as soon as he picks up the painting, you hear a flute playing? Well, a door starts to open, and you hear that flute playing. And it's so eerie the way that it plays. And then you expect her to be on the other side of that door. And as the camera pans around. She's behind him. She's behind him. And she's holding the flute. Drops it. She drops it. Ugh, so good. And then he turns around and then she lunges towards him and you get a close up and she grins and he runs away. I love this scene. I feel like the woman is a little bit too much CGI. Mm-hmm. They but had a she's real a painting. She is. I, I, I want to see. I have to do some research and see if this is available. But they actually had an actor in makeup for that scene. Ooh. And then they were just going to put a little CGI over it to enhance it. But it, they ended up pretty much replacing the actor. So I want to see what the initial makeup looked like. Yeah. So now we cut to Eddie's place. So I love that we have all of these like... Eddie. These little segregated areas of these kids' lives. So we we get to see what their home life is like. And then we see them all together. It just gives you a little glimpse and it lets you know where they're coming from. So now it's Eddie's turn. And there's a ton of medication involved and his mom's real weird. She just is overly medicating this kid, diagnosing him and stuff. Has a Munchausen by proxy situation. Didn't it remind you of the act? Yes, it does. Yeah. That's what um, Gypsy Rose's mom had. Yeah. So his mom pretty much is giving him medication all the time. For everything and anything. Next, we see our buddy Ben again, and he is in a library. He's writing on a postcard, and he's writing a little poem about January embers, I believe. (laughs) That's right. The librarian approaches him with a book. She ends up questioning him about why he needs this book, why he's not outside with friends. It is the summer. What are you doing in the library? He doesn't need these questions from her obviously this kid does not have any friends and he's just learning about the town that he lives in so we find out about the dairy ironworks incident that happened on easter Mm -hmm. in 1908 where 88 kids were killed and he's looking through the book Mm -hmm. and one of the first pictures is a group shot from what year was it 1901 1908 1908 and it's a group shot of everyone And if you look closely in the background, you could see a blurry Pennywise. Oh. As he's looking at this book, we see the pages that he's turning. We see his face. So it'll go from pages to his face. And as he's doing this, behind him, there's a creepy, creepy, creepy lady. Yeah. Just watching her, like body somewhat contorts where her shoulders come up and you can kind of see that she's getting just like this horrible grin on her face she's not in focus yeah it's very easy to miss most people probably do miss it Mm -hmm. but she's there unbeknownst to him just grinning watching his every move yep he's going through this and it's a child 
that has been decapitated um, and his yeah. head is in a tree. It's such a scary photo. It looks so real yeah. and authentic, which some of those photos were authentic. There's one shot, I believe, of some dead soldiers with some Easter eggs next to them. And that was a real Civil War photo. Hmm. And they photoshopped the um, eggs in. Oh, wow. As he is looking at this and he puts his head up to breathe, basically, a balloon, a red balloon goes floating by in the library. And so he follows the balloon to the basement of the library, essentially. Mm-hmm. At the foot of the stairs going down into the basement, there is an egg. And so he's following this egg trail. There's just some eggs. And you hear it's a burned egg with uh, smoke coming off of it. Yes. And you hear some giggling. And as he makes it down the steps into this lower part of the library, the light flickers. So he climbs down the stairs. And as he gets to the bottom of the stairs, another person starts coming down the stairs. We just see their feet and their lower torso area. And as their shoulders come into view, we see that it is a decapitated body. And then it starts running in that weird fast motion. Yeah. Kinda, it almost looks like stop motion. Yeah. It's like a rag doll sped up. It's yeah. weird. Now, remember, he just read the story about that boy's head being found in the tree. This yep. is that boy, his body. And you hear Pennywise say, hey, egg boy. Egg boy. He runs out of the library <laughs> and um, straight into the waiting arms of Henry and his gang, <laughs> which sucks. I feel so bad. So Henry grabs on to Ben and his gang of hoodlums hold him up against this fence and it's the kissing bridge and as he's holding him up there he's like hitting him across the face and says that he's gonna carve his name into his belly and starts to assault poor ben at the same time a car drives by with some adults who are very deadpanned see what's happening but frankly they just aren't going to do anything about it and as they're driving away there's a balloon in the back of the car so you know that this is all pennywise's doing and these bullies i hate these bullies they deserve anything that happens to them i don't feel bad for any of these kids he is trash (laughs) (laughs) as henry's trying to carve his name into ben's tummy ben is able to wiggle free and falls down the hill on the other side of this fence so the boys take chase after him And in the process, Henry loses his father's knife. Mm -hmm. The knife that he had was his father's. And he freaks out. So you do know at this point that he is afraid of his father. And going back to that first scene where you saw him, his father's that police officer, which we still don't know at this point. But we do know that he is afraid of his father. Yeah, his old man's going to kill him. So he sends his goons after Ben. And they all go running into the stream which is the Barons. Meanwhile, at the same time, we have our group of boys that are in the sewer. So we have Bill and Stan, Richie, and Eddie. Eddie. They're in this opening of the sewer, and Bill is talking about going in and exploring it. So uh, Bill and Richie are inside, and I really love Eddie, and Eddie makes some really great points in here about gray water. Aren't you guys coming in? Uh Uh-uh. It's gray water. What the hell is gray water? It's basically piss and shit, so I'm just telling you. He's a little bit of a hypochondriac because of his mom, 
but he's also not wrong. So (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't want to go in. Stan is extremely hesitant about any of this. Bill finds a sneaker and the sneaker has Betty Ripsom's name on the inside of it. He's trying to convince the boys that his brother could be alive and that his brother is in this sewer area that if this shoe made it here possibly his brother made it over and so now ben arrives and crashes this party as he's running from the boys um and he startles all of the boys so the boys ask him what's up with him and before he can answer we cut to one of henry's friends who we find out later his name is patrick and he is at this sewer opening and he goes in he has his own like flamethrower situation. He has the Farrah Fawcett hairspray that he <laughs> that he turns on and with a little lighter and shoots fire out. Yep. And then you hear a bunch of voices that say you found us. And as he turns around, there are just a bunch of decomposing kids. Yeah. And he goes off running. He runs into basically a dead end. As he does, there's this balloon that comes up to him. And the balloon turns and it says, I heart dairy. And as it pops, Pennywise is waiting on the other end of that. And we just get one of another really big scare from Pennywise. And it's just a very loud one. He runs towards him, sort of in fast motion, shaking yes. his head. And- mm-hmm. So thankfully, our good boys have been biking away and uh, they go to the back alley. um, That seems to be like, I don't know if there's just one alley in Derry, but they definitely are going back to the same alley, which is the one that we saw Mike in earlier. The boys want to help out Ben. So three of the boys go to the pharmacy right around the corner and realize that they do not have enough money to buy supplies to help out Ben. At the same time, Beverly is in this pharmacy buying some feminine hygiene products. And as she's going to go pay, she sees that Greta is there and Greta is leaving the pharmacy. So she tries to hide from Greta. And as she does, she stumbles upon the boys. She decides from here that she's going to help them get the medicine. So she'll be a distraction. She ends up going up to the pharmacist and this old man is a creepy, creepy, creep. Oh, he's very creepy. Oh, he's so creepy. Well, it's funny. She comments on his glasses saying he looks just like Clark Kent. He actually looks like Adam West, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I mean, I found him to be a little Christopher Reeve looking. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but I could totally see the Adam West situation, too. Yeah. And then she asks if he could try on his glasses. And I'm already creeped out because I'm thinking about all the gunk that's on his glasses from oh his gosh. nose and stuff <laughs> <laughs> so she puts it on and he says you look just like lois lane uh he's so creepy his daughter is the same age as her he has a daughter greta's his daughter really i didn't catch that yeah so she's able to create a distraction and the boys are able to shoplift from the store so i'm still gonna call them our good boys but the good boys go to go help out Ben. And as they're patching them up, Bev comes out and talks to them. Mm -hmm. She ends up talking to Bill. Apparently, we find out later on that Bill and Bev have a past where they shared a kiss in a play. She does acknowledge the kiss that they had, and she also says that the rumors about her are not true, that she sleeps around and does whatever else. Bill makes a comment that he never believed them. Yeah. In this scene, when they're patching up Ben, there's also a an ad on the wall Mm -hmm. 
at one point, the ad looks like a normal ad, but then when it cuts back to it, Pennywise is in the ad. Yes. I love these hidden Pennywises. It was very wise to hide Pennywise. Oh, okay. No. It made Um, them lots of pennies. So, Bill ends up inviting Bev to the rock quarry the next day. By the way, I love the line when they're talking about their first kiss. Mm Mm-hmm. When, um... One of them says, the review said, you can't fake that kind of passion. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The boys are right right off the bat. They're all very, very nice to Bev. They don't treat her any differently. They aren't jerks to her. They're just, you are also an outcast. Come be our friend, which I really love about them. So here we get one of the more troublesome home tales of Bev. And it is left up to whatever interpretation I guess you want to put into it. But I think we're all leaning towards the same. Yeah, he doesn't outright do anything wrong, but his manner is wrong. and It's heavily implied. It's heavily implied that he abuses her, probably in every way you can abuse someone. And it's very unsettling and something you don't want for Bev because Bev is such a good person. She is. Bev is the best. Beverly is my favorite character of all the kids. I I remember telling you when we first saw this movie, all the kids were great. But Beverly, that actress, Sophia Lillis, is a great actress. I think she acts miles around the other kids, even though they're all great. But I don't want anything to happen to Beverly. No, she's pretty great. And I like that she uh, she's the strongest one and fights. Yes. So Beverly gets home and you hear the TV. I love whenever the TV is on. It's always something very horrible. So in this case, the TV is telling uh, it's a children's programming that the dad, for some reason, is watching, but he's not. Well, every parent at one point is watching this children's program. Yes. And it tells them to go play in the sewers. The sewer is a fun place to play with all of your friends. When you're with your friends in the sewers, you can be as silly as a clown. We meet Beverly's dad and he is super creepy. He smells her and asks her to tell him that she's still his girl. And then he like touches her hair and Beverly is done. She's over it. She is upset and she's in the bathroom and she cuts all of her hair off and it goes down the drain. Um, The next day we find the boys at the rock quarry and they are doing my least favorite pastime of spitting and they are spitting in the (laughs) rock quarry. I hate spitting so much. They took a hint from uh, Jack Dawson and uh, Rose Dewey Picator. Bit like a man. Then they start goading each other to jump from this cliff into the pond or whatever it is at the bottom of this quarry. None of them want to do it, but in rolls in a little voice that says, I'll do it. And it's Bev. Bev strips down and takes off running past the boys and jumps right in. Yeah. And they're all being, one of them says and that they're being upstaged by a girl. You always laugh out loud at Richie's reaction. It's so funny. What the fuck? Richie is almost, I would say almost breaks the fourth wall. And he definitely has a lot of the audience reaction. And I mean, Finn, is it Finn Wolfhard? Wolfhard. Wolfhard. That kid's great. He's a great actor. <laughs> I mean, they're all really great. Yeah. I, this is a very strong cast. Yeah, great cast. So they all end up jumping in the water and they're swimming, having a good time. Yes. 
They're all in their underwears. They're tidy whities. Uh-huh. Did bathing suits not exist in the eighties? What is this? Why know. can't they? Why didn't they bring bathing suits with them? I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> this is like one of like four or five montages in this movie, and I'm here for it. There's a montage of them playing in the lake which I really love. And then we get a little bit of like Bill staring at Bev, Bev staring at Bill, and then poor Ben staring at Bev. So we have the makings of a little love triangle, kind of. Mm -hmm. They make a mention that there is a turtle. Turtles are somewhat hinted at in this movie. We get another scene with a turtle later on. I remember reading something that the turtle plays into the into the book more than like I think the turtle is not present in the miniseries, Hmm. but I mean, it's in the book and then there is hints of it in this movie. I'm wondering what will happen with the second half. I like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) So um, here comes another really great scene in this movie. They're all drying off. And it is the song Busta Move is playing. The boys have the most daunted slash scared look on their face. And they're all staring at Bev, who is just laying out in the sun. She ends up turning to them and they all try to act like they are not staring at her. This leads to the boys finding all of Ben's research or finding out about Ben's research. And we get a glimpse at some major incidences that have taken place in Derry that have taken place every 27-ish years. The black spot, a bunch of racists burnt down a black nightclub and it killed a whole lot of people. Uh, There's also the ironworks explosion that we heard about earlier. There was a gang shootout of some sort. And so you're just getting to find out that things get really weird. It starts off small and then it ends really big. So Ben's been able to figure this out. Ben ends up talking about how Derry isn't like any other place that he's ever lived in. People die and disappear six times the national average. They end up talking about going to Ben's home to see all of his research. So he says, yep, and they all bike over there. And Ben tries to get in there before all of them and tidies up by getting some underwear out of the way and picking up whatever and hiding stuff in his closet. Yeah, and when they arrive to his house, you see a lady that's putting up a missing persons poster uh-huh. of Patrick, Patrick, who was the kid with the hairspray and yeah, he was Henry Bowers <laughs> fire. Yep. So on his walls are just maps and articles. Bill ends up picking up a slide. There's just a bunch of stuff. He is full, fully invested in what is happening in Derry. And here comes another great scene. Well, before this really great scene, we hear about the beaver camp that disappeared after setting up the town. Everyone just assumed that either they all left or something killed them off. But all there was was a trail of bloody clothing that led to the well house. And we also get a photo of like a artist rendition. And Pennywise is one of the people that is represented in this rendition and then yes here we get another really great and sadly our last new kids on the block reference (laughs) um where bev goes to close the door and there's a big old poster of new kids on the block and then it's these great close-ups of each (laughs) of the members faces with the song playing and then you see ben and he just has this look like please don't say anything (laughs) 
<laughs> and she doesn't. It's my favorite. It's just so good. So Eddie's walking back home and he's walking on Kneebolt. And here we get a big old spooky house at the end of Kneebolt. And as he's walking by, he's definitely having a moment and the door creaks open and you kind of hear some ragged breathing and a little bit of like moaning. So he gets scared and opens up one of his fanny packs. Yes, because apparently he has a double fanny pack situation. Also, his alarm goes off for his medication. Uh So he is trying to... Get his inhaler. Yeah, he's trying to get his inhaler. He's trying to get his pills. He's trying to do what he needs to do because of this stupid alarm. And as he drops some pills, someone offers to help him pick it up. And it's a leper. And it's really great that you just see like his weird little leg or his hand comes down to pick up the pill. And then he's just got that face. So what is a leper? A leper is a person who has contracted leprosy which is a disease that is i don't think it's a flesh-eating bacteria could be he doesn't have a nose i mean he looks like a uh it falls off it like kills the cell i don't know i'm not a leper but he he pretty much looks like a homeless zombie yes who possibly got some dental work done right because (laughs) old-timey don't they like wrap up around your head oh yeah (laughs) and down your chin right Unless you're Bob Marley. Not Bob Marley, Jacob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, no woman, no cry. <laughs> How dare you. Man, I really do love Bob Marley in <laughs> a Christmas story. A Christmas carol. Damn it. <laughs> We're just falling apart over here. <laughs> so poor eddie ends up taking off and uh, running through the yard of this house and as he's running past the backyard the leper is no longer there chasing after him and instead we have pennywise holding on to just this upside down triangle of balloons and he is standing there and says for him to join them come join the clownets Poor Eddie is so afraid and it's just screaming. All of the balloons pop and Pennywise is gone. So now we're at Beverly's house and she finds a postcard that Ben wrote for her. He signed it Secret Admirer. And as she grabs it, she realizes that this is something very personal and gets very excited. So she, um, in order to be alone in this hell house, she has to go to the bathroom. So she runs into the bathroom and is reading this postcard and it's just very enamored and it's a little source of light for her at the same time there is a stupid voice coming from the drain um (laughs) and it is a bunch of voices it is vanessa betty patrick it's just the missing kids that are now in her drain so she gets a tape measure and starts to just see how deep this pipe goes which i mean it shouldn't go too deep but it does 25 feet so as she's pulling the tape measure back up there's a lot of hair and blood one of my biggest fears Hmm. is long wet hair that's a fear something that i just can't stand that i hate you know that feeling of getting a spider web stuck on you yeah it's like that but worse Hmm. i feel like with 
Beverly, I mean, we all know this. There's a lot of blood associated with her. She is, there's a lot going on with her in her adolescence, reaching a point where she will start getting her period, how creepy and weird and whatever weird crap her dad is doing to her, wants her to be a little girl, knows how guys, what they think of her when they look at her. So now she's pulling up all this hair that she cut off because she cut it off to free herself from this like prison that her dad is putting her in because everyone comments on her hair and it's like the sign of femininity and apparently if you cut off all your hair you become a boy or something which is like dumb but I mean you know you have short hair like a boy whatever length of hair you want so now this hair has come back to haunt her and it's brought a bunch of blood with it and so she's attacked by this hair and blood just comes pouring out of the drain and goes everywhere it coats her it coats the walls it coats the ceiling it coats the floor that was a disgusting bathroom to begin with so now they just added a whole layer of blood and she's screaming in the bathroom the scene is very reminiscent of a scene that would have been in a nightmare on elm street Mm-hmm. When the hair catches her arms and won't let go, that kind of reminded me of the marionette scene in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And then the blood gushing out is like in the first one with Johnny Depp being yeah. sucked into the bed. And when this version of It came out, there were lots of reviewers that, I don't know if it's so much a criticism, but they thought it felt more like a Nightmare on Elm Street with a Stephen King twist. Hmm. Funny thing. As we know so far, Pennywise can take the form of other things. You know, he was the lady in the painting uh, already. At one point, since this movie was made by New Line, who also owns A Nightmare on Elm Street, they thought about having him turn into Freddy Krueger. Oh, really? To terrorize the boys, because in the TV movie, he turns into uh, like Teenage Werewolf from Mm -hmm. I Was a Teenage Werewolf. And I think in the book, he turns into Universal Monsters. I believe so. So having him turn into Freddy would have fit with the character, but I think they felt it would have been too meta. Yeah. And taken you out of the realism of the story they're telling. I think so, too. I think it would have just taken you out just a little too much, because then if they don't do any more gags like that, then... It just would have been a little too random. So uh, her father comes in and she is freaked out. He is very much unaware of anything and does not see any of the blood. He doesn't see anything that's going on around her. And in fact, all he does is comment on her hair and says, it makes you look like a boy. How dare him. (sighs) So from here we see Bill and he is asleep and he is painting this very beautiful painting of Beverly and her fire red hair um and i like that drawing it's a great drawing he's very talented he's woken up here by water leaking down on his face so he ends up going to go get a bucket to catch the water and instead sees the light on in his brother's room so here he goes in he sees like a little lego turtle on the nightstand and ends up grabbing it Um, i like turtles And as he's staring at it, there's a shadow on the door and the shadow runs away. When he goes to follow it, he sees that there are muddy footprints on the floor. And these footprints lead to the basement. As he's following these footprints, we also hear Georgie and we kind of see him running and we hear that walkie 
from earlier on in the movie. And it leads him right into the basement. The basement at this point is flooded and Georgie is standing there and he's talking to Bill. He tells him to come with him and that he'll float too. And he's just repeating it over and over. And the more he repeats it, the more distorted it becomes. Oh, and he starts to decompose. And you realize that um, he's actually a really gross puppet that's being used by Pennywise. Who starts to lift out from the water? Yeah, this is a scary shot. Uh, Pennywise, his head pops out of the water, and you see he's controlling Georgie with his hand, like holding him up like a ventriloquist dummy. And I love when he's done with him, he just slams him down into the water. Yeah, and his eyes look real creepy. I mean, like Pennywise is a little wall eyed and. His eyes, I believe, at this point are that, like, amber-orange color, the yellow that he has. Just so unsettling, and his hair is all wet and matted and stuff like that, so. Bill goes running out of the basement. After Pennywise attacks him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Runs after him. Yeah, he runs after him, and Bill runs away, and then Pennywise lands on the on the steps, and then he kind of slithers away, and his eyes roll back into his head. I mm-hmm. like that. Next, Bev has put out the SOS to the boys to come over to her place. And so they all head over. And uh, when they get there, she just wants to know if she's imagining what's happening uh, or what happened in her bathroom or what. And Because her dad can't see it. Yes, her dad cannot see it. But all the boys, they all see it. And uh, this leads to another montage And it's of them cleaning up the bathroom. There's nothing like a good cleaning montage. I will say that blood is a lot harder to scrub up. It did seem a little easy for them, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would have taken us 10 years, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd be like, (laughs) oh, we'll come back to this later. In the meantime, here Bev addresses the rumors, which she had earlier kind of talked about with Bill. And they talk about how they shared that kiss in the school play. He ends up saying that hanging out with them makes her a loser. And so now she's part of the Losers Club. The boys and Bev talk about seeing Pennywise. They're in the middle of the town square. And there's this really weird clown act happening. And they're by like a Paul Bunyan statue. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about seeing Pennywise. And it turns out that Richie's the only one who hasn't seen him. But they they kind of just talk about what their fears are, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, this is where Richie says that his fear is clowns. So they're all biking through town now, through a neighborhood. And they see Henry Bauer's friend, Belch, I think is his name, his car. And they also see Mike's bike. And they realize that that is, um, they call him the homeschooled kid. And they realize that he's in trouble and he's probably being attacked by Henry. So they go to help him out. We cut to Henry pushing poor Mike's face into a bunch of the meat that he has. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, Pennywise is hanging out in the bushes in probably a funny, creepy scene where he's chomping on a little arm. And he uses that arm to wave at Mike. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, he has, like, his makeup on, but then he also has, like, blood. But he looks kind of like a little kid who's been eating a bunch of chocolate, but it's just (laughs) blood on him. The kids happen upon this, and Bev takes action by throwing a rock at Henry. He goes ahead, and he decides to insult her and says that pretty much tells the boys that they'll have a chance with her if they just ask. He makes a lewd gesture and um, (laughs) that really sets off Ben and Ben throws a rock at him. And uh, this is probably one of the best parts. Also, when Richie yells out rock war. Eventually, the boys do overpower most of Henry's gang, and they leave Henry alone. Henry's the last man standing on his side. It's him against the losers, and he ends up running away from them. They immediately take in Mike. They're like, you're part of the gang. You are also an outcast. You are a loser. Now we have, like, all of these stacked missing posters, even more. And this is where Ben ends up talking about how everything happens every 27 years. Mike's grandfather believes that the town is cursed. He doesn't seem to be 100% about it. He does let them know about his past, that his house was burnt down and his parents were in it and they were trapped in this fire trying to save him, but it was too hot and they couldn't get out. So he's an orphan essentially and is living with his grandfather. And that's why those burning hands was so effective to scare him. Yes. Oh, here's where Richie tells him that he's afraid of clowns. So I'm sorry, I got the two scenes mixed up together. So from here, they end up going to Bill's garage. His dad works for the city. I don't know, but his dad has all these maps of the sewer and the cities. Mm -hmm. So he has this map and they take one of the slides that Ben has collected and they put it over each other to see where Derry lies and where the sewers lie. And they figure out that the house on Kneebolt Street is the well house, which is where all of the sewers culminate together. And that has to be where it lives. It has to be where they're probably going to find Georgie. Like they have to go check out the house on Kneebolt Street. And as they're doing this, The map uh, gets ripped down by Eddie and Eddie's like, we're not going to do this. They're all arguing and the slide projector starts taking, the carousel ends up taking over Mm -hmm. and um, starts showing old family vacation photos from Bill's family. And at one point, it's his entire family and it starts to close up on his mom whose hair is blown in the wind. And her face is revealed to be Pennywise's face, which scares the crap out of these kids. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good scene. It's a really good scare. And this eventually turns into Pennywise physically manifests in the garage. What happens is you see the slide projector and you see the bomb is uh, really Pennywise, but then it pauses on a frame where it's just a close up, a blurry close up of. Pennywise Mm -hmm. and that's when he pops out and because that close-up you know the screen that they're projecting on is I don't know 10 feet long or something okay so he's I mean it's on a wall it's on a wall but he's so giant in that frame and that's the size he is when he pops out and the light keeps going on and off I guess from the projector Mm mm-hmm a lot of it is done with sound, with the sound of him coming out and these massive Footsteps, pounding yeah. sounds of him coming after them. And you really feel the weight of his character and how giant he is. Yeah. And then Ben opens up the garage. And he disappears. 
Everyone saved. Beverly, she is scared. She immediately goes towards Ben and says thank you to him for opening the door and then seeks comfort with Bill. And I remember when we saw this in the theater, everyone went, oh no, when (laughs) she went over and hugged Bill. So... Bill wants to go to the house on Kneebolt Street and the group is protesting. The kids do not want to go. They're like, this is the summertime. We should be out doing summer things. And so he's like, I'm going to go by myself. As he gets there, the, the other losers show up and they try to stop him. He has a really rousing speech where he doesn't stutter at all. And he talks about how it's something that he needs to do. But what happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us? Are you just going to pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? The kids say that they'll go with him, but no one really wants to go. Because it's summer. Because it's summer. (laughs) No one wants to go in, but Richie and Eddie end up going in with Bill. Eddie. Richie finds flyers of himself missing in the house, and it really, really, really freaks him out. Bill is trying to remind him that it's not true. This is all fake, and they have to keep going. From here, they hear some voices upstairs, a cry for help. So they go up the stairs and at the landing, they see a girl on the ground through a door. And as they ask her if she's Betty, she is dragged off. The boys go to investigate and Eddie ends up getting separated from them and ends up falling through the floor because the leper shows up. The ground kind of opens up from him. And since they're on the second story, he ends up falling onto a table in the kitchen on the floor below them. Richie and Bill um, end up getting locked in a room at the end of the hallway that they had gone into as they're turning around and they see what's happening to Eddie. Richie then, as they're trying to get out of this room, ends up getting separated into a room full of like these covered mannequins and dolls. And slowly the light lets up a little bit and all of these like covered mannequins that have like sheets over them end up turning into clowns. It's Do they just turn a, into clowns or the sheets just come off? They're revealed to be clowns. Okay. And there's also a coffin. The coffin door opens and it says found and it's written like in blood or lipstick or something. Mm-hmm. And inside there is a doll of Richie himself. And the doll is somewhat decomposing with a bunch of little maggots in it. They're only noodles, Michael. He ends up closing the lid to that coffin. And as he does, Pennywise jumps right out. Beep, beep. One of the clowns in this little area is a Pennywise from the um, miniseries. That's right. One of the dolls is dressed exactly like Tim Curry as Pennywise. Yeah, it's so great. From here, he ends up um, reuniting with Bill And there's like a mattress at the other end of this room. The mattress starts kind of like breathing and Eddie comes out of the mattress. He makes a comment about hawking a loogie, which goes back to the (laughs) rock quarry. And instead of hawking a loogie, it's just a bunch of like bile and something acid something maybe it's gray water it's scary that pennywise can become a living person i think he's able to become eddie because eddie's passed out right now Mm. so his his subconscious is not with his body i suppose so it's out for the taking yeah and pennywise takes it and does what he wants with it that's true meanwhile the real eddie is in the kitchen and wakes up with a broken arm he's facing this fridge as he's on the ground and the fridge opens up and Pennywise unfolds from this fridge 
And yeah, he's all twisted and turned around inside the fridge. When the door opens, he untwists himself. Yes, and he tells him that it's time to float. Time to float! Meanwhile, the boys upstairs end up at the other end of the room, and there are three doors. There's a door that says, scary, very scary, and then the final door says, not scary at all. So, of course, they pick the not scary at all, and inside of it is a really good scare of a girl missing half of her body presumably it's betty yeah and she's in there and she's screaming which scares the crap out of them and they're like where's her legs yes meanwhile pennywise is taunting eddie oh just right in his face squishing him just doing all this stuff and he's just like talking about beautiful fear lots of drool yes and how he feeds off of this fear meanwhile the other boys are upstairs and Bill is telling Richie this isn't real. He needs to remember it isn't real. And so they go to open that not scary at all door again. And when they do, it's their way out. And Pennywise at the moment is going in for the kill, going in for a bite of poor Eddie. Yeah, his giant mouth is becoming all giant with sharp teeth. Serrated and his eyes have like started to travel to different parts of his head. (laughs) And he's immediately, the spell is broken during this moment. He knows that these boys, like something is amiss at the Circle K. Like, (laughs) and the boys come running into the kitchen. And this is the first time that everyone gets a look at Pennywise together. Pennywise taunts Bill and says, This isn't real enough for you, Billy. I'm not real enough for you. It wasn't real enough for Georgie. And starts to head towards Bill and Richie. On his way over, he's horribly inconvenienced by Beverly stabbing him in the head. With a uh, fireplace poker. From here, you get this really great scene where he's not facing them, but he's kind of stumbling a little bit and he's got the poker going through his head and then he turns around and again, one of his eyes is askew. His head is kind of flaying a little bit at the top and you can tell that the kids are like, we can hurt you. They realize that they can physically hurt him and he goes in for another scare to get that rush from them to get the energy for himself, I feel like. But he does go after them with this wonderful, like, clawed hand. And he takes a swipe at Ben and slashes his stomach. Poor Ben. His stomach is all ripped to shreds. It is. This poor kid. Bill ends up following him and sees him go down the well, but does not pursue him from there. From here, we get a cut to Eddie's mom picking up Eddie. Not before they snap his arm back into place. Yes, and he's like, don't you do it. And Richie's like, I'm gonna do it. And he does. It's very funny. But it looks so painful. Oh, it looks horrible. And we were watching the deleted scenes, and I really kind of wish they'd kept this in, where Mike is carrying Eddie like a baby out of the house, and then puts him into the basket in front of his <laughs> bike, and they pedal off with him. Yeah, that was great. It's just such a funny visual because he's just so tiny. So Eddie's mom picks him up, and she has some real choice words for Bev. She's real rude. It's uncalled for, and bans Eddie from seeing them. So Bill reveals that he thinks that Georgie isn't dead and that they have to go back. And from here, everyone ends up fighting. They're disagreeing. They're saying that, no, they're not going to partake in this. And Bev realizes that this is what Pennywise wants. He wants to divide them because he realizes that them all being together can hurt him. The band breaks up 
And we get another montage. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Rocky Four? <laughs> so we get a montage of Bev being at home alone. Bill is sitting alone at the dinner table. Richie and Stan are at Temple. I mean, you could just assume that this is Stanley's bar mitzvah. Mike is now killing the sheep. So he's taking a turn. And Ben is at the library. He looks up at this photo of a woman standing by the well and you would assume it's where the well house was and she is presumably throwing a baby into the well which I think is just showing that the adults are appeasing Pennywise are in cahoots with Pennywise they're well there's something a little interesting about that which I'll get into uh after we do the rundown yeah for sure here we end up uh ends up telling us that it is now August I believe oh no September I think so. With Henry Bowers. And Henry Bowers is shooting stuff and being horrible. He's a horrible shot and he's a horrible person. (laughs) And he tries to get his friend to hold a cat up so he can shoot the cat. But they are rudely interrupted by his father, who we find out is that sheriff cop guy that we saw earlier. He gets the gun from Henry and ends up shooting at his feet just to show his friend that friends that he's not invincible, that he is a scared little boy. And it really shakes Henry to the core. He's very much afraid of his father. We catch back up with Eddie and Eddie is picking up his prescriptions at the pharmacy. And who's sitting behind the counter? But our good friend, Greta. The pharmacist is revealed to be her father and uh, he has Eddie wait for his medication. Right. As Eddie is waiting, she ends up making a comment about them being placebos. And he doesn't know what a placebo is. And so she says that it's bullshit. <laughs> um, that is her explanation. And then she makes a comment that no one has signed his cast. And he says that he didn't want to get it dirty. She offers to sign his cast. And as she starts signing it, his face goes from being really excited to being slightly horrified what she ends up writing on his cast was loser yes and i guess he changed it or someone changed the s to a v to say lover yes so henry is not talking to his friends they're asking him if he's okay and as he's sitting he notices there's a balloon in the distance and he kind of walks to it in a weird catatonic state he opens the mailbox where the balloon is tied in there there is a little package that is addressed to him he opens the package and it is his father's knife there's a little bit of dirt in there the one that he lost when he was torturing ben yep and next we have the interior of his house where his dad is sleeping on the couch and again that children's programming is playing this time though it's talking directly to henry everyone is shouting kill them all on the tv kill them all And the host of the show is walking very, like, she's very scared. And as she's walking away, you see that Pennywise is sitting amongst the children as Mm -hmm. they're all chanting, kill them all. And Henry puts the, so he has, like, this switchblade knife. But instead of, like, (laughs) it's like a. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a little uh it's like the handle when you press a button and it just pops out. Right yes. There. Yeah, yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, so what does it do instead? <laughs> <laughs> so um 
he puts the knife to his dad's throat Mm -hmm. and pushes the button which causes the knife to eject into his dad's throat and he ends up killing his dad and next we cut to bev and she is in her house and she's trying to leave but it's padlocked in by her dad so she can't sneak off is what he thinks that she's doing um asking her where she's going looking all pretty and then he makes comments about her looks and what boys would say and is accusing her of doing as he put it womanly things with them and then he asks are you still my girl and from here he ends up attacking her before we get to that he also finds the postcard yes he did find the postcard which has the little love letter that ben wrote to beverly on it yeah the strange thing though or the or another hint as to how creepy and perverted this guy is is he says he found it in her underwear drawer yeah he's looking through her stuff what was he doing in her underwear drawer Ugh, this man is the worst she runs to the bathroom to get away from him because she's able to lock the bathroom door he kicks right through it and she hits him over the head with the lid of the toilet and he falls down to the ground blood coming out of his head and as she turns around to leave pennywise is standing there ominously and grabs her basically by the throat and then it immediately cuts from there ben for some reason is on his way to beverly's house he gets to her house well now the door's unlocked i guess because pennywise had to leave through the door <laughs> he goes in and sees her down on the ground goes into her bedroom and sees on the ceiling there's some writing that says if you try you'll die yeah which isn't really explained in this movie but i guess that's a phrase from the book and maybe the uh the miniseries Mm. or he says you'll die if you try so bill from there goes to richie he tells him that it got beverly and richie's like what and he's like it got beverly and he instantly understands and from here i love that he called they call all the other boys and the boys immediately are like yeah I'm there. Eddie gets the call and he agrees immediately. He doesn't even put up a fight. As he's leaving, his mom is like, where are you going? You'll get sick. And he ends up throwing his pills at her and calls them gazebos. See what these are? They're gazebos! (laughs) (laughs) When he gets to Nebolt, he ends up throwing his fanny pack away. So everyone ends up getting together at Nebolt. And meanwhile, Henry is lurking outside in a car. As they go into the house, Stan is hesitant yet again, but reluctantly joins everyone and they start climbing down the well meanwhile bev is unconscious in the sewer and she wakes up groggy we see a bunch of trash and like blood is kind of dropping on her and there's this old like circus wagon type of thing for pennywise the dancing clown as she looks up she sees all these floating bodies and they're all the missing kids they're all the missing kids Um, There's a Barker recording that starts playing from a little jack-in-the-box, and it's about Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Introducing Pennywise the Dancing Clown! (laughs) The wagon opens up, and Pennywise is in there, and he's like a mixture of a physical person and then one of those, like, marionette with the it's like a 2d background but there's layers of it so you get the multi-dimensional situation 
it's all floppy and yeah it's it's very it's very neat how he dances because it's like the camera is holding steady on his face Mm -hmm. and everything else is rocking back and forth yeah it's very terrifying so she tells him that she's not afraid of him and he says that you will be and unhinges his jaw and these lights come out from deep down in his throat pretty much like hypnotizes her and she's able to float from there yeah these lights i forgot what they call them they call them deadlights deadlights that's like the entity's true form yes so almost all the kids are down the well except for mike and he gets attacked by henry henry is able to pull up all of the ropes so the kids are stranded down there and starts fighting mike and makes a comment about his parents and how he's bummed out that he's not the one that killed them he tries to kill mike with the like the air gun with the little steel rods that he has that he uses for the sheep but luckily mike is able to move it and it shoots off to the side he does the work up all of the strength and is able to push henry down this well yeah the the kids they went down the well and about i don't know halfway down 10 12 feet down or whatever there's a little opening that leads to the sewer so they don't go all the way down to the bottom of the well no uh which is who knows how far down yeah but henry he gets to go down the well. He went all the way down the well. Yeah. So as they're trying to get Mike down the well and figure out everything, Stan ends up getting separated from the group. And he's attacked by the lady in the painting. She's waiting in this weird little area of the sewer. The boys realize that he's missing and they go off to save him. Um, and they see him being attacked by this woman and they're able to scare off essentially Pennywise as this woman as he has like his mouth wrapped around Stan's face. Yeah, that's very scary visual seeing Stanley lie there on his back and this woman has her mouth sucking his face off basically. Yeah. Like a face hugger. It goes around the corner, but leaves its hand in view, holding onto the wall of the sewer. And then it peers back and it's now Pennywise. Yep. And Stan, when he comes to, is just saying, you're not my friends. You're not my friends. And is crying. And he's like, my friends wouldn't make me do this. And they're all reassuring him that they love him and that they are his friend and they care about him. Bill, meanwhile, sees Georgie and runs after him. So Pennywise at this point is able to pick off one kid after another but again they're able to reunite which is where their strength is is their love for each other and their friendship so he follows georgie and georgie pretty much goes into this lair where bev is bill sees floating bev but ends up again being distracted by this georgie and ends up um, going after that the boys realize that bill is gone and they try to go after him so the boys happen upon the lair and they see bev They all get up there and hold Ben up so that he can grab her. And he is just kind of hysterical and is just like, what's wrong with her? And hugs her and then decides to kiss her, Um, which I think is really funny that all of the guys are just like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even watching it. Not appropriate. Because the timing of it is so weird where like, you know, in his mind, he's thinking this is the most romantic gesture, but just watching it is awkward. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's just like, you don't just kiss someone who's unconscious. Like, you don't know. Well, if you see Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, you do. I mean, you just, that guy. Um, <laughs> as he kisses her, she wakes up and she recites the poem, part of the poem back to him. 
General Yambers. And I don't think it's her realizing that it was him. I think it was. But I think she realized it was him when she sent the poem to Ben earlier after cleaning up all the blood, or to Bill. Well, and Bill reali- was like... Well, she realized it wasn't oh. Bill there. Who else would it be, Bev? Come on. <laughs> so Georgie and Bill are having a conversation and they're talking about the boat. He's holding the boat and he's also missing his little arm. They almost have like the same conversation that they had at the beginning. And something about it lets Bill know that this is not Georgie. Well, they had the conversation earlier that the boat has to be referred to as a she. Yes. And he is not referring to it as a she, calling it an it, I believe. Uh Uh-huh. And that kind of gives him an idea that this isn't Georgie. Georgie would remember this. Yeah. And he ends up taking that air pistol thing and shoots Georgie in the head. Yeah. And it holds on Georgie's dead body. And for just a slight second, you think he just killed his brother. And a really great transformation happens. He transforms into Pennywise, where his limbs shoot out. And it's a very cartoony but grotesque transformation. At one point, I think it's Pennywise's whole body with Georgie's head. Yep. And it's just, oh, it's horrible. And it's Pennywise. The kids attack Pennywise. (laughs) Like, they're just like, here we go. Pennywise is able to grab a hold of Bill and tries to bargain. Well, first he says that he's going to kill Bill and he's going to kill everyone else. And then he tries to bargain with the kids for them to leave and just leave Bill there. Bill tells them to leave and apologizes to them for getting them into this. And Richie ends up pretty much telling him everything. Like, I can't believe you're, you've made me go down here. You've made me do this. And now you're making me have to kill a clown. Welcome to the Losers Club, Basil. <laughs> they all attack Pennywise again. And here Pennywise is trying everything in his arsenal and is turning into, every time he faces one of the kids, he's trying to turn into one of the things that scares them. Right. And eventually he ends up having these giant spider arm type things and right. tries to get after the kids that way. Which I guess is a reference to what his true form is, at least in the, the original movie. Mm-hmm. He ends up really getting his ass kicked by these kids. And he kind of retreats because he realizes that he's scared of them. Yeah. And Bill ends up being like one of the last ones to say, we're not afraid of you anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't do this to us. And Pennywise, again, is trying to get at Bill, at least. And makes a comment about Georgie, I believe. And starts to disintegrate. Well, first he has the gun again and he's going to shoot him. But Mike keeps saying it's not loaded. He used the last bullet because he dropped them all Mm -hmm. uh, in the well. So Bill shoots Pennywise and he has a reaction like he got shot in the forehead, but he didn't really. It's because all the kids believe that there's a bullet in there and they're screaming to do or, you know, whatever that metal rod thing is. So because those kids believe it. It happens. Well, that and I think he is sort of mimicking the effects of it to get out of it safely. You think so? Yeah, I think so. So Bill goes to go. I think he grabs like a poker again or something because he's going to give him the death blow, essentially. Okay. Right. And so. The coup de gras. And so uh, Pennywise flips into another sewer well thing. Mm hmm says the word fear and like he's kind of disintegrating but then he just lets go and he 
falls down there. And that's yeah. the last that they see of him at that moment. The kids start floating down that were in this lair. And Bill finds Georgie's coat. And he really does know that his brother is dead. All of these kids that float down, though, they're like dead, right? Yeah, I think so. It's not like what happened to Bev. All of these kids are dead. I would assume so, yeah. So Bev is talking to the boys and it's a little bit later. I think maybe like a month later. She doesn't remember much of what happened when she was in that trance, but she does comment about seeing them as adults, but back in dairy yeah they don't know what to make of it but she but we know what to make of it we do she has a vision of them being older together and scared bill makes the group swear that if it returns that they will return as well so they all make a blood oath and which is very dangerous it is very dangerous and um i have to watch again but i think he may have cut each person's left hand so when they hold hands it's not two open wounds touching no it's not it's not two open wounds touching. at least they're safer that way (laughs) so they all agree and they all stand in a circle and make this blood oath pact to each other stan is the first one to leave this circle he says i hate you and it's all you know like a playful tease but i feel like this is important he does end up leaving. Um, and then after that, in this order that I noticed, I think is Eddie, Mike, Richie, and then Ben. Yes, and I believe this will be the order that their characters in the sequel that hasn't mm-hmm. come out yet will either perish or get hurt. Their big climactic scene will happen to them in this order. At least that's how it was in the book, I think. Okay. So it's revealed that Bev is leaving Derry and she's going to Portland. Bill and Bev end up sharing a sweet little kiss as she's walking away. And then it's a close up on Ben's face. And then the movie ends and we get the title sequence of It Chapter One. Yeah, it's revealed this is Chapter One. Yep. So I thought this ending was perfect. Yep. If I'm remembering correctly, there were some audible gasps and some applauses when we all saw that it said chapter one <laughs> Yeah. in this theater. Well, it's great also because, I mean, I don't want to say that the second one's going to be bad because I don't think it'll be bad. But with the miniseries, the first half with the kids is so much better yes. than the second half. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that they did separate it into two movies. Me too. But yeah, so that's it. Chapter one. Yeah, it was a, a real surprise. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Same. I don't know why exactly, because now it feels so stupid to be like, well, why would I have thought it would have been? <laughs> I really felt like this movie was very well done. It was perfectly paced. The cast is so strong. Sometimes you can pick out and you're like, oh, well, this character could have just been cut. I think it was a perfect mixture of it. These kids are great. The adults in this are just so great at being horrible people. I remember when it came out, people were talking about it's the scariest movie they've ever seen. I mean, there were some scary points, but I really was not scared of the movie. I had more fun with it, much in the way how I love Scream. Mm. Like it's just a fun horror movie. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked it. For me, it has some very unsettling imagery and I almost feel like the horrible people in it make it scarier than Pennywise. But still, there's some parts where I'll look at Pennywise's face and I'm like, I don't like that at all. Well, shall we uh, talk a little bit about some facts and making of antidotes? 
let us <laughs> listen, sir. That was several podcasts ago. Well, here we go. So, it, mm-hmm. chapter one. Yes. So, when talking about it, we should talk about Stephen King, who wrote the book It. The town of Derry is based off of Bangor, Maine, which is where Stephen King lives. And there's lots of historical events that happened in that area, which inspired the historical events of Derry, such as places like the clubs being burned down Mm -hmm. or all the sort of history things that Ben found in the library. Mm -hmm. That type of stuff was inspired by real incidents. Yeah that he uh, uh, read about or always heard about. By the way, the book, the audiobook, they make it a point to let you know that he uses inspiration from real life events, but these are not. Hmm. It's weird. It's interesting when you yeah. listen to the audiobook where it's like, these are inspired by, you know, but the author has taken some liberties with some stuff. And so it's very interesting to have that kind of a clause in front of a f- fictional book. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was also fascinated by finding out about the sewer system underneath the town. And Mm -hmm. it has miles and miles of sewer systems that that could go anywhere. He used to play in front of sewers when he was a kid, you know, with his friends, like how they do in this movie. Mm -hmm. And that inspired where Pennywise lives. And lots of the things that the Losers Club kids do in the movie were inspired by things that happened to Stephen King when he was a kid. For instance, he wrote a little love letter to a crush, Mm -hmm. just like how Ben did to Beverly. Did he write the exact same one? I doubt it, but he may have. That would have been awesome. He wrote a poem. So Stephen King wrote the book. I've never read the book, so I don't know too much about it. You've listened to it. I have. I'm on my second listen through. Yeah. You like the book though, right? I did. I'm enjoying it now more the second time. I will say it was very hard to get through the first time. Well, it's so long. It is very long, but I'm also, again, not super familiar with Stephen King writing. Yeah. He uses a lot of very blunt language in this. And there are a lot of themes that are not explored in the TV movie or in this movie involving just children's sexuality and being an adolescent and figuring out who you are as a human. Yeah, there's some Uh, strange stuff that probably didn't need to be in the book, I would assume. I believe he has somewhat of a regret. I don't know (laughs) if it's a regret, but he's like, I could have not done that. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't really care for this. And I will say, Stephen Weber is a great actor, and he's a very good narrator, but... Gosh, man. The series of voices that he goes through in this book (laughs) is just so incredibly grating. But now that I know what I'm in for, I'm able to take a step back and still be able to enjoy it yeah in 1990 they made the tv movie starring tim curry as pennywise that one it has some good stuff in it to me it doesn't hold up very well the first half is much better than the second half Mm -hmm. i do think tim curry is great as pennywise i think he's he's very scary in Mm -hmm. that but 27 years after that we come to the current it yes. chapter one mm-hmm. which is interesting that it was 27 years later that just like in a movie <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, some facts of this movie so you know the sewer scene at the beginning or the uh, drain scene mm-hmm. sewer drain <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> the drain sewer. That was shot near the end of production, maybe the last scene shot, where Pennywise uh, kills Georgie at the beginning. Oh, 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 uh-huh. That was one of the last things shot because it was such an important and iconic scene. They knew it was going to be because it is in the story and, uh-huh. and the um, miniseries. So they they wanted Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, to really have a grasp on his character okay. for that scene uh-huh. and everyone else working on it. They just wanted to make sure they did that right. So they pushed that to the back and, and saved that for the end. Uh-huh. We didn't mention it in our little rundown, but during the big climactic battle, Mm-hmm. There's a point where Pennywise throws up all over Eddie. Yes. <laughs> Which is really great because it really plays into his germaphobe as- aspect. Uh-huh. But that idea of being thrown up on was created by Finn Wolfhard. Really? But he said that he should get thrown up on, his character, Richie. Uh-huh. And then the director liked the idea, but said Eddie should be the one to be thrown up on, which is the right choice. Yeah, I do <laughs> like how Eddie gets thrown up on and instantly like starts screaming that he's going to have to kill Pennywise now or like hurt him <laughs> and just like rages out. It's just so good. Yeah. Again, the growth, the growth is so good. So when they were making this movie in the in the initial stages, when they were planning it, mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård was not originally cast as Pennywise. Yeah. Pennywise was initially going to be actor Will Poulter. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He kind of has a a look that could work. I don't know. But uh, he had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts. So they had to find a new Pennywise. So they had a bunch of auditions. There's a bunch of people in mind. And it came between two actors, Uh Bill Skarsgård and Hugo Weaving. There's a lot of eyebrows involved in this situation right now, (laughs) and I can see that this is where they were going with this. They eventually went with Bill Skarsgård because as much as Hugo Weaving could bring the eeriness and creepiness factor to the character, he couldn't bring the childlike factor of relating to kids and, and having that innocence as well. Okay. At the audition, Bill Skarsgård actually wore clown makeup. So it really showed that he was uh, <laughs> devoted Ugh. to winning this role. Skarsgård said that he drew inspiration for Pennywise from characters in The Shining, mm-hmm. A Clockwork Orange, The Dark Knight, and The Silence of the Lambs, hmm. which all kind of makes sense. Yeah. The makeup took five hours to apply. Oh, jeez. But they did. They had to do it so many times over the course of filming that they got it down to two hours eventually. Oh, wow. So not too bad. Yeah. I mentioned his fake teeth would cause him to drool. Uh-huh. And the director, Andy Muschietti, really thought that the drool would add to his character, so he kept it in. Yeah. Kind of like how uh, in The Dark Knight they kept the Joker uh, licking his lips because that was something that Heath Ledger was doing because the uh, appliance kept kind of coming off and he was using his tongue to kind of get it to stay back on. <laughs> and they're like, let's just build this into your character. <laughs> Again, I haven't read the book, so maybe you can answer this to see okay. if this is a true fact. But Ooh, hopefully I remember. But apparently the costume and look of Pennywise in this is much more faithful to the book than the Tim Curry version. Bill Skarsgård, once he was Pennywise, he was kept away from pretty much the cast and the crew on set so they could get a gut reaction for the first time they had to work with him. And they didn't want him to get 
too close with the kids so they would get comfortable around him. They wanted to keep him eerie and scary. Yet some of them weren't so scared of him, such as Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Eddie. The first scene that was shot with Pennywise was the scene where he was attacking Eddie in front of the refrigerator when he's coming out. Mm. And even though Eddie was bawling, you know, uh, Bill Skarsgård asked Jack Grazer if he was okay, and he said he was uh, fine, and, you know, just loved what he was doing with his performance. That's crazy. He wasn't scared of him at all. So when designing this character, the director, Andy Muschietti, drew some concept art, and he gave the character sort of this wall-eyed look Mm -hmm. with eyes looking in different directions yeah, not having the same conversation yeah and he wanted this for his character so he told bill skarsgård that they were going to do cgi on him to get to do this and bill skarsgård said well i could really do that so he showed him that he could do that that he could make one eye move independently of the other and it became a feature of pennywise that works uh great (laughs) it's such an effective thing because he'll be staring straight on and then all of a sudden one of the eyes just starts wandering away yeah and it's just so unsettling it is and then that weird smile he does was a smile that (sighs) i guess he used to do when he was a kid all the time yeah just to be a creepy little kid so apparently at the end of the novel uh the the fate of pennywise is left ambiguous I don't know if that's what's going to happen in the sequel or not, but you don't know, I guess, if he in fact is gone or whatever. People have always asked Stephen King if he would write a sequel, and he said he would never write Pennywise again because it is too scary for him. Oh, wow. I could see how writing Pennywise, who's just such a like, God, there's a lot of layers to him. And just this book, I could see it taking a lot out of you because there's no... And it's not like, I mean, there is this supernatural force of Pennywise, but then there's also like human nature and humans coping with trauma and coping with secrets, unresolved stuff. Yeah, it's it's a heavy, it is not a light read. (laughs) I don't think so. About four pounds. (laughs) Yeah, so he said he would never write Pennywise again, yet he does reference Pennywise and stuff from it in other works. Yeah. Um, So there were a bunch of deleted scenes, things that were filmed, that were cut. uh, And one of them has to do with that painting that we were talking about earlier that Ben looks at of the lady looking into the well holding the baby. Uh Uh-huh. So I think that sort of references a deleted scene where they actually filmed this. There was a scene film that was a flashback to the 1600s, mm-hmm. and Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise, but he looked more like himself, not in the clown costume. Uh-huh. And he confronts a woman, a pilgrim woman, and he blatantly tells her that he demands her baby so he could feast on it. Oh, that's the scene, basically. Other deleted scenes is there. They filmed an alternate opening. Mm-hmm. where Georgie goes to the to the <laughs> sewer drain. He loses uh, the SS Georgie paper boat, and Pennywise shows it to him and says, take it. <laughs> and Georgie takes it, says thank you, and leaves. <laughs> and Pennywise is bummed. Shit. 
<laughs> Other deleted scenes are there was an extended scene of Stanley doing his Torah reading. Yeah. Bill suggesting to his parents that they should take their yearly camping trip, mm-hmm. which was Georgie's favorite, and his mom gets all upset. One scene that I did kind of like was uh, after the basement scene where Pennywise is using Georgie as a puppet. Mm-hmm. Bill runs out and he bumps into his dad and his dad goes into the basement to see what's up because Bill said, you know, something down there, it's flooded, blah, blah, blah. He goes down there and you just hear this sloshing of water and and him just going through all this stuff. And he comes back up and he says, there's nothing down there. It's dry as a bone. What are you talking about? Yeah, Even though that we just, a good one. We just heard that. Yeah. And then that cuts to uh, Henry putting some medicine on his bruises, apparently because his father had just beat him. Yeah. And then his dad tells him to get a beer before he leaves. And he goes out to the car with the bullies and they spot Mike. And that's right before they uh, terrorize Mike. Mm. Another deleted scene is outside of the Niebold house after... Bill, Richie, and Mike enter. It's just a, it's just an extension of that scene where you see the other kids outside waiting for them. Uh, there's a longer scene of the kids escaping the house after the Pennywise confrontation, and that's the scene where we see Eddie being put into a basket mm-hmm. <laughs> on the bicycle. Then we have Stanley's bar mitzvah. He has a whole speech that he gives at his bar mitzvah where he talks about that the adults of this town don't give a crap about anything. Uh, There's an extended scene of Eddie getting his cast signed by Greta. Yeah, and you see his whole facial reaction. Yeah, and you see right there what she's writing. Yeah. Then there's a scene where right before the finale, when they enter the Niebold house, uh, it cuts to Henry in his car with blood all over him with the bullies in the car with him dead. Yeah. He killed his friends because Pennywise told him to kill everybody. Yeah. Then there's one in the finale when they're going through the sewers. They find Georgie's walkie talkie. And the final deleted scene is after the scene of Bill and Beverly kissing. Bill and his family uh, leave for a vacation and make new memories. So this scene only works if that other deleted scene where they talk about the vacation is in it as well. Mm -hmm. So they get in a car and they leave for a vacation and then the camera pans over to a sewer drain and uh, it starts to rain. And that's how it would have ended. Yeah. So the movie came out. It did great. It has the highest grossing horror film opening ever, $123 million the first weekend. In fact, it became the highest grossing horror film of all time. Oh, wow. It's the second largest R rating opening ever behind uh, Deadpool. And, you know, real clowns were not happy about the movie coming out. and They held rallies at theaters. Did you hear what Alamo Drafthouse is doing? No. They're holding a clowns only oh, showing. Oh, I did hear about that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, clowns are not happy because uh, it makes clowns appear murderous and scary, which they are scary, and I guess some of them are murderous, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's not entirely a lie, you know? Yeah, but I guess lots of good clowns aren't happy about it. I mean, the good clowns shouldn't be worried, I guess. Just don't murder anyone, and yeah. you should be fine, you good clown. Well, I mean, it's funny no, because <laughs> Pennywise... <laughs> so crappy of me to say <laughs> well you if you're a good clown you shouldn't be worrying <laughs> pennywise appears as a clown to entice the kids and to get them to trust him yes it works 
because it's a horror movie, but if it's real life... I don't trust a clown. Yeah, no one trusts a clown. Come on. I don't trust a clown. I don't trust anything that that wants to trick me for the sake of a laugh either. I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 sir. So not only is it the highest grossing horror film of all time, but that also means it's the highest grossing Stephen King film. The movie, as I said, was released 27 years after the original, Mm -hmm. the original TV movie. And the number 27 has a lot to do with this movie or this story. Okay. Would you like to hear some coincidences about the number 27? I would love it. Okay. So the film was released 27 years after the miniseries. Uh Uh-huh. In the book, it's mentioned that it returns every 27 years. Okay. Jonathan Brandis... Who was in the original movie, who plays Bill in the original movie. Mm -hmm. He died at 27 years old. Mm. The movie was released one month after Bill Skarsgård's 27th birthday. Mm. The actors who play Bill, Ben, and Henry are all 27 years younger than the actors who portray the same characters in the miniseries. What? So, Bill... Uh in this movie is 27 years younger than the kid who played Bill in the original movie. He was born when this movie, when the TV, he was born in 1990? No, he's 27 years younger than the (laughs) guy. No, this doesn't make any sense. Here, I'll read this verbatim. Yes, please. Jaden Martell, Uh Bill, Jeremy Ray Taylor, Ben, Uh and Nicholas Hamilton, Henry are all 27 years younger than the actors who portrayed the same characters in the miniseries, Jonathan Brandis, Brandon Crane, and Jared Blancard. So when those actors from the 90s movie turned 27, these kids were born. Exactly. I'm sorry, that is... I was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just wait. Okay. (laughs) The official U.S. release date of this movie was September 8th, 2017. That's 982017. 9 plus 8 plus 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 7 equals 27. The second film will be released on 9-6-2019. 9 plus 6 plus 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 9 equals 27. I don't have time for these facts. (laughs) so that's pretty much it for it (laughs) you know not a ton of facts on this movie as it's a newer movie that doesn't have the lore and history of the classic movies you do with the 1930s where you know books and all these different things are are made on it Mm -hmm. but I still think we did a pretty good job, right? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I really enjoyed watching it. I hope people enjoyed my extensive retelling of it. And I'm really excited for this sequel. It's such a good movie. Again, and I keep saying it over and over again, this cast is just so solid. It's very fun. I don't think I know anyone who hasn't genuinely enjoyed it. A lot of people were skeptical about Bill Skarsgård taking on this role because he was relatively unknown when he was announced for this everything that he did do was very like he was like the cool guy he was very it was very stylized there was always the range wasn't we weren't a super aware of it and now yeah. i think he's really made pennywise his own and he's just done such a great job with it yeah and i don't know it's just such a solid film 
So we hope you enjoyed listening about it. (laughs) (laughs) So where can uh, the kids find us? You can find us at podsandmonsters.com. You can find us on Instagram at podsandmonsterspodcast, on Facebook and Twitter at podsandmonsters. Oh, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can also... Email us with any suggestions or comments or whatever. We are currently working on updating our watch list. So we'll be adding some stuff in there, possibly rounding out this year. If you have a moment and have enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us. It just helps us out with getting sorted into uh, an area where people can find us or get us suggested on other podcasts and um, it just really means a lot we've gotten a few reviews and they've been really nice so we really appreciate it oh I think one of the reviews one of our early reviews someone had commented on thinking of whether or not we were married Um, the answer (laughs) to that is yes (laughs) we've been married for a few years so yeah I just wanted to say that so yeah we're just having a really great time so we hope you guys enjoy it also and just let us know so I'm Robert I'm Anthea. And we hope you have a wonderful evening. Oh, that was so, like, genuine and, like, not full of any puns or... Beep, beep, Anthea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>